Hello and welcome to Talking Tourism, the podcast series especially for tourism operators and industry professionals. I'm Alex Erawa and I'll be your host for today's episode. Talking Tourism is an initiative of the Tourism Industry Council Tasmania. The TICT is the peak industry body for the tourism industry in our beautiful state of Tasmania. If you're a regular listener to Talking Tourism, welcome back. If you're a first-time listener and enjoy today's episode, remember there are now more than 100 episodes of Talking Tourism Conversations available from wherever you access your podcasts, or you can simply stream them on the TRCT website at tict.com.au. We are recording this podcast today on the lands of the Palawa and Pakana, and we offer our respect to the Tasmanian Aboriginal people, their elders past and present, for their enduring care and management of these islands. Today's episode is brought to you by our partner, Steadfast Taswide. Steadfast Taswide is part of the largest insurance broker network in Australasia, with close to 50 staff located across offices in Hobart, Launceston, Devonport and Burnie. They offer a full suite of business insurance advice. On top of this, all tourism accredited businesses who engage Steadfast Taswide insurance brokers receive a 25% discount on their annual tourism accreditation fees. No catch. It's just a small incentive to encourage you to support a Tasmanian business. Thanks to Steadfast Taswide for their generous support of the TICT and for helping to make this episode of Talking Tourism possible. Now let's get into today's conversation with Jennifer Bett. Hi, Jen. Hello. Jennifer Bett is a passionate member and advocate for Tasmania's tourism industry. She first arrived as an international student more than 20 years ago and has since had a range of experience within the tourism industry, including hospitality, adventure tours, interpretive guiding, wildlife park operations, sales and marketing and special events. In her nine years with Tourism Tasmania, Jen worked directly with trade and media partners to raise awareness of Tasmania. She rejoined Port Arthur Historic Site Management Authority in 2016 as the Marketing and Communications Manager for Port Arthur Historic Site, Cascade Female Factory and the Coal Mines World Heritage Sites. Jen is also an active member on a number of Tasmanian tourism boards, including Destination Southern Tasmania, the Tasman Business and Tourism Association and she is Vice Chair of the ATEC Tasmania branch. To cap it off, Jen has also served many years as a TICT Awards Judge. Welcome, Jen. Thank you, Alex. Pleasure to have you here. So, Jen, listen, you are currently the Marketing and Communications Manager for Port Arthur Historic Site. Could you tell us a bit more about your job and what a typical day in the life might look like for you? Well, it's a little bit of everything. Thanks, Alex. Yeah, as you mentioned, the Port Arthur Historic Site Management Authority manages three World Heritage Sites. So not just Port Arthur, which is the icon attraction, but also the Cascades Female Factory in South Hobart and the Coal Mines Historic Site in Saltwater River. So with three World Heritage Sites to market, there's quite a lot to do across all of our consumer-facing channels. We've got over 15 social media accounts, three websites, and a suite of brochures. So, oh, oh, and not to mention all of our trade partner channels that we have to keep up to date as well. There's a lot to people to talk to, and we have to make sure that we have the right messages and the right markets in the right way at the right time. We have a very small team. So um, in any day, we could be hosting media for mills, we could be hosting trade for mills, we could be hosting film crews on site, um, we could be organising our winter campaign, which is coming up as well. So aligning with Tourism Tasmania's off-season campaign, just to get out there and make sure that we're telling people that there's more things to see and do on our historic sites. The depth of um, knowledge that you've had in this tourism industry is huge. And um, and I could sit here and talk to you about this all day. Um, particularly, I, I, one of my fond memories is when you were doing the um, 
niche marketing, I think it was called back then, probably wasn't, um, around the whiskey um, in Tasmania, which was certainly, I think, one of your passion points and one of our really successful industries. Um, but today we're going to focus on ATE, the Australian Tourism Exchange. It's happening um, in a couple of weeks, a couple of days, actually, as we're speaking today. Um, so could you let us know what ATE is and what the experience is like? Um, well, yeah, ATE is a huge beast. It's the Australian Tourism Exchange. It's been going on for many, many years. It's Tourism Australia's signature event that they hold to have international um, wholesalers, inbound tour operators, retail agents from around the world come to Australia and meet with Tasmanian, oh, Australian businesses and Tasmanian businesses. So this year we've got over 650 international sell, uh, buyers coming in to the Gold Coast. And we'll be meeting with them. We have over 1,500 sellers, that's us, um, over 30 Tasmanian businesses going up to have basically what is a big speed speed dating event. Um, We sit down, we have lots of little short meetings, um, we tell them our key selling points, and we try and sell, number one, Tasmania first, our business is second. It's a really great buzz. It's a really great atmosphere. The Tasmanian group always stick together really well. we got people like Coringa Farm, Bonnerong, Pennycott, West Coast Wilderness Railways, Taz Walking Company, of course, Port Arthur, but also smaller businesses, some new ones this year, like the Mayena Village Guiding, Callington Mill, so some good whiskey turning up, and Vision Hotels. So there's a lot of variety, um, and that's what it's really about. It's about selling Australia, it's about selling Tasmania, and showing the different varieties of product to make sure that we can reach all cu- all customers across the globe as best as possible. So, I mean, clearly ATE is one of the most important dates during the year to showcase Australian tourism to the world, and especially Tasmanian tourism. We're seeing an increase now in international travel um, as everyone recovers from the peak of COVID, um, which has always been important to Tasmania um, as a market. So how do we stand out? How does Tasmania stand out from other states at this event? Because we're in an incredibly competitive arena at the moment. All of the states are uh, working as hard as they possibly can to pull that international traveller back into um, into their state. So how do we stand out at ATE? Uh, yeah, I'd say Tasmania stands out really well. I mean, yeah, we are a small state, you know, and there's only 30 some odd sellers coming to the space. But we all band together really well. We all brand ourselves really well. Tourism Tasmania gives us these shirts that say, come down for air. Everyone's wearing a great Tasmania shirt. And we we really look like one team rather than different businesses. Um, And we all sell Tassie first. Um, So I've been attending for five years. In that time, Tassie's always stood out. We always work together and we always share information. So as a collective, we're actually referring these buyers that we're meeting with, we're telling them about Tasmania, we're referring them to the other businesses around our area here. So we're saying, oh, if you're coming to Tassie and you're coming to the Port Arthur Historic Site, don't forget you can stay in this hotel. You don't forget you can also include the West Coast Wilderness Railway. If you're doing this itinerary, we suggest you go down here and talk to this person and make sure that you um, include them in those itineraries. So it's that working together. It's that all, you know, when the tide rises, all boats float. So that that really works for Tasmania. But also, I think, you know, Australia as a whole is a, is a larger version of that too. We're all working together to get the international tourists here. And we have to look to our gateway partners. So we, we want to talk to WA and make sure that people are flying into Perth so that they can get an easy access from North America or the UK through Perth, the UK through Perth to Tassie. It's, it's only one-stop shop. 
most of our travelers come through Melbourne and Sydney as well. So we want to make sure that we're talking to them. So I, I'd say that there's a good uh, collective of working together across all of AT. I think you're absolutely right. What we do best here, Jen, as you know, is collaborate. Um, I've got a lot of theories on that, but I think one of the main reasons that we collaborate so well, as opposed to other states, is that we are such a connected community. Um, and the reality of that situation is that, you know, if we do compete too hard with each other, I'm going to meet you um, at the IGA after work. I'm also going to meet you at school footy at the weekend. <laughs> so we're, um, we're not forced, but we collaborate really well because we are so connected. And I think that really stands out at ATE with Tasmania putting itself forward as a collective. Would you agree? Oh, certainly. And with the support of the STO, Tourism Tasmania put a lot of work into what Tasmania looks like at ATE. And they host a little cafe as well. And they serve elderflower tea and chocolate covered raspberries. So they make sure they have the best of Tasmania on show. They provide a very comfortable atmosphere that's not pretentious and really speaks to the Tasmanian brand. And they, they host a series of meetings as well. So I'd say that Tourism Tasmania is supporting the operators that are turning up. They give us we all have a map of Tasmania on our stands and we're all pointing in the different regions and helping our buyers to know and understand everything that Tasmania has to offer. Plus, we're all very Tasmanian. We're all smiling, we're all happy, we're all referring to each other. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> and I should imagine the evenings get uh, pretty good as well. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> there's, a few, there's a few nips of uh, Tasmanian whiskey coming around at happy hour. So I'd say Wednesdays are the most popular day. Yeah. And all the states compete to make sure that the happy hour starts at about 4.30 on the Wednesday. And they're all trying to get the buyers to come to their cafe stand. Yeah. So we're going to be serving some lovely Tassie whiskies. We'll be serving some Tassie oysters. We'll be trying to push the best exclusive canapes and things that Tassie has to offer. And we'll be hosting our favourite buyers at that time. So the lineup is really good for Tassie. I'd have to say we're probably the most popular one at happy hour. <laughs> um, so what would you say um, are the main outcomes that you're looking for for yourself and Port Arthur Historic Sites um, and the Tasmanian representatives? What would you want to achieve at ATE? Thank you, Alex. Obviously, ATE is about doing business. It's The outcome we're hoping to achieve is to get more Tasmanian businesses listed with our partners overseas. We want to make sure that when our customers in Germany or France or in Singapore are looking for a holiday, that they connect with Tasmania, that they understand the depth and breadth of the product that's here. Tasmania's brand has never been stronger post-COVID because obviously our customers are looking to connect with nature, to connect with themselves, and to connect with their partners overseas. So this is a really important message we want to get out there. And by meeting with all of these different agents, we can increase the business partnerships we have with the UK and Europe, US and Canada. China, obviously, is emerging now post-COVID, which is really exciting. We're very happy to welcome our Chinese partners back again and to see those Chinese travellers coming through. Singapore, Malaysia, and now with the direct flights from New Zealand, we have our Kiwi customers coming in from New Zealand, and that flight through Auckland actually provides a great stepping stone, that one-stop shop, to the U.S., so customers out of the U.S. can come through Auckland to Tasmania direct. So it's about doing business. It's about ensuring that... Our objectives are to reinforce the business relationships we have already, to create new business relationships, to make sure our product is listed and available through online travel agents, through retail agents in those key markets, to make them understand that Tasmania is 
um, a small island, but that you need more time in it because a lot of people don't realize that they need to spend a fair bit of time to get around the island and really experience all that we have to offer. And obviously to say that, you know, we're striving to sustainability. We talk about the key messages about the sustainability of our island, of the fact that we have drive car hire that's hiring uh, electric vehicles. We've got charging stations around the the state. Uh, That's something that the whole state is working towards in trying to reduce our carbon footprint and be obviously positive impact tourism here. We're also looking about increasing the messages about accessibility. So obviously we have a variety of travelers and there's a few buyers in the market now that are looking f- specifically for accessible products. So we work together to make sure that those messages are out there too. I mean, I think we know that the best uh, showcase that we can ever do is by bringing somebody to Tasmania. That We know that. And once we get people making business decisions into Tasmania, that we confer that business very easily. And ATE, I suppose, is the next step back from there, where you get a chance to go face to face with these people and really connect with them as, as closely as you can. Ideally, we would have it, everybody in the state here, but this, I suppose, is the, is the next best step. Would you agree with that? Oh, for sure. And we've been, as tourism operators here, poking and prodding and saying, please, can we have an ATE in Tasmania? Um, we think we can host it. Um, I know Tourism Taz is supportive of that as well, but it is a big enterprise. As I said, 1,500 um, sellers and over 650 buyers and accommodating all them and traveling around. But you're right. Getting them to our state is the best way to showcase. But Tourism Taz, again, is supportive of ATE and as is Tourism Australia. They're hosting all these people to come down uh, and we get to host for Mills pre and post ATE. So we have a number of key trade partners that sort of won the trade partner lotto, if you like, to come to Tasmania. And we get to host them in our sites. So we're hosting a few at the Cascades Female Factory and at Port Arthur before ATE. There's a few media for Mills as well, because there's a a media component to ATE that um, also is included. So we'll be hosting, we have a couple of journalists from Canada and France and Japan that just came through. Fantastic. So yeah, that's all. It's all part of it. The Famils are a very big part part of the international strategy for tourism Tasmania, and us as operators support that. Now, understanding that many of our listeners um, today um, are small to medium businesses, and they <clears throat> that make the make the backbone of our, our tourism industry, and we use the uh, the the phrase international ready a lot, and the concept of being international ready. I suppose if we substitute that for ATE ready. Um, it's something that we uh, would want businesses to aspire to. And I know some of the listeners will be sitting here thinking, well, you know, how can I get involved? Um, so can you shed a little bit of light on what it means to be international ready? Yeah. Well, just being internationally ready doesn't mean you have to go to ATE. I mean, you can be internationally ready as a business here in Tasmania and not go to ATE. Um, obviously, ATE is a very big, like I said, it's a big beast, it's a big enterprise. It's a big investment for a small business to go for five days. And, and often people don't have that time to do that. That said, being inter- internationally ready basically means that your business is equipped to promote, to book, and take payments from and welcome visitors from around the globe. So when you think about that, promote, you need to be able to promote your business through your website to different markets. You know, is your website translated, you know, into different languages? Do you work with your STO? Do you work with Tourism Australia? Do you make sure that your products are listed on the ATDW? And obviously that your descriptions are as accessible as possible, not too detailed, something that can easily translate. And obviously, it's very important to be working with some trade partners in that space. 
So whether they're an OTA like TripAdvisor or Expedia or um, Get Your Guide, or whether they're a trade partner like a Colette out of the U.S. or Hello World or you know those ones, that sort of more, more traditional retail wholesale chain of events. Now that's that's to be promoted, to be part of those programs. It means that those entities are promoting your product to markets all across the globe. But to book, if those customers want to book your product, how do they do that? So can they actually book through that online travel agent? means you need to offer commissions. Can they book through um, their flight center in the UK? Can they book through Hello World or Colette um, if they're booking a group travel out of the US to come to Tasmania for a week? They need to be able to do that, and that means that you need to pay commissions to that trade partner. Now, that comes at different levels, and that is a cost to the business, so that needs to be considered. But if you are in that space, then you are available, and again, then that means there's a variety of Tasmanian products that are then available to that market, and so that's better for everybody. But also, you need to be able to offer direct. How can people book and pay direct to your business? So if you don't want to be playing in in the trade space, if you don't want to be offering commissions, there are other options. Can people book through your website direct and pay with different payment options, as an example. So with the China market, do you offer WeChat Pay and Alipay? Again, you have to put yourself in the customer's shoes in those different areas. And really, your best partners to talk to are Tourism Australia, Tourism Tasmania, and of course, your RTO, as to how do you get there. But then let's assume that you're promoting your business and let's assume people can book your business. Then when they get to your door, how are you catering for those customers? So you need to be trade ready for different markets. You know, what a customer out of the US is expecting when they arrive is very different to maybe what a customer from India expects when they arrive or a customer from Japan or a customer from China. So there's different ways you can tailor your business, whether you're a hotel or an attraction. Do you offer tours in different languages? Do you offer written material in, like a visitor guide in different languages? How do people enjoy and understand your product and really get the best out of it if they come from different parts of the world? So that's what being internationally ready means. And if you can do all those things, well, that, there's more products for Tasmania to go to the world. And that means we'll get more international business and we'll encourage those flights from overseas. And really, that's the best outcome for Tasmania. You hinted on a couple of things specifically that businesses could do to become international ready. Um, I suppose when we bring it back to the Port Arthur historic site, you know, you are offering um, guided tours in um, different uh, languages and you are offering visitor guides um, in different languages as well. Can you think of any other sort of tips you might want to give a small business on something they could practically uh, implement in their business to start being international ready? Well, there's, there's, there's tools out there. So you don't have to reinvent the wheel. There's plenty of training opportunities and um, what we call trade-ready programs that you can engage with. I'm vice chair of the Tasmanian ATEC committee. Um, ATEC is the Australian Tourism Export Council, and they work primarily in the inbound market. So they offer the Tourism Trade Ready program that allows you to understand better that process of how you get to be internationally ready and how you connect with those businesses and how you maybe set up your commission structures. They offer China-ready programs India-ready programs and specific to markets. And so they can tell you, well, if you're wanting to welcome travelers from Malaysia, you might consider 
when they arrive, what space do you have in your business or like at Port Arthur, do we offer a prayer room and that sort of thing? Do you have halal food on your menu or is that something you can cater for? You know, different foods, different cultural expectations when they get there in a hotel, particularly. I remember a lot of times um, back in the day when we were hosting quite a few Japanese travelers, you know, having slippers available and various things like that. It can be quite little. It doesn't need to be a big cost to the business. Um, so I'd really encourage you to go online and check out um, ATEX Tourism Trade Ready Program, as well as um, those China Ready, India Ready and various other market-ready programs that they offer. Um, I think that's just, again, it doesn't have to be a large cost to the business, but it can really dramatically improve the customer satisfaction from those markets, and they'll talk about it. And I think at the core of this is uh, about building, building relationships, isn't it? In AT is for you about building relationships with your buyers and helping them understand your product and starting to reach into those various markets as you go. It is about relationships, and Tasmania is a complicated product. It's not an easy sell. It's not like you can fly into Hobart and do everything in two weeks and go. You actually have to better understand the distance between a key attractions. You've got to understand that we have quite a lot to offer. That's not just Freycinet, Cradle Mountain, Hobart, Mount Wellington gone. You know, there's these little things to see along the way that really add to the Tasmanian experience. And not all businesses are trade ready. So, we, you know, part of our job is, as the international ones, you know, Port Arthur Historic Sites or the, the West Coast Wilderness Railways is by encouraging people to come to our areas. We are the trade ready product. But when those international travelers are in the state and traveling around, they're stopping at the petrol stations, they're going to the little cafe around the corner, and we can include their bits and information. And that really spreads the, te- the tourism dollar around the state, if you like, and everybody gets a little piece of that pie. Absolutely right. And, um, you know, Cubed Espresso, for example, on the um, at Eagle Hawk Neck, one of the great experiences, one of the best views in Tasmania on the way down to the Port Arthur Historic Site. Um, never going to be at ATA, I would imagine, but uh, it's such a fantastic experience. And, and we thank you for, for taking the time during these important relationship building exercises of, of highlighting those smaller products as well. So thank you for that. Oh, it's a pleasure. And and really, it, like I said, it actually adds value to the whole of the Tasmanian experience. And that's really what Tourism Taz do with the Famils as well. So they make sure and add in a lot of those other products that aren't necessarily commissionable saleable products, but they, they, they make an itinerary, a wholesome itinerary. They make it a beautiful experience for the customers. It's a great segue there to um, uh, the recent release of um, Tourism Tasmania's Discover Tasmania app, which is going to help our international visitors find more product on the ground. And so if you haven't uh, got that app or checked it out yet, please do so. So um, it wouldn't be an episode of Talking Tourism, Jen, if we didn't ask you um, what we call the big seven questions. Um, everyone is going to judge you uh, on this more than anything else. So are you ready? No, not at all. <laughs> <laughs> this is the hardest one. And I'm thinking, oh, I should have listened to all those hundreds of podcasts. So I know that I'm not saying the same thing that everyone else has said. Well, let's see. So question number one, what's your favourite spot in Tasmania and why? My favourite spot in Tasmania is Strawn. Because when I first moved to Tasmania, the first four years of my life in Tasmania, I lived in Strawn. So that's home. I love the smell of the rainforest and particularly I love Hogarth Falls in People's Park because I lived around the corner from there and it was just the best little walk that I could take my dog on and there's just nothing better than that. That's great. Now, you've done a bit of travelling around the world, so what is your favourite travel destination anywhere in the world? Well, I should say Tasmania because obviously this is the travel destination I chose to live in. Um, 
But recently I did get to experience the Maldives. And I think when you die, that's where you go <laughs> if you're a good person. Uh, as an ex-diver, I would agree with you on that one. It's Ooh, a it's pretty beautiful. special place and sadly under threat with climate change at the moment, but it's, it's a super special place. Super, one to see before it goes for sure. So um, someone coming to Tasmania for the very first time in their lives asks you what's the one thing they absolutely must experience while they're here. What do you tell them? Well, the one thing about Tasmania is everything's close, right? Everything's at your fingertips. So I think, and that includes the wildlife. The wildlife are everywhere here and they're in my front yard. And for a traveler, I think that's that's pretty special. And you don't have to necessarily go to a wildlife park, but there are a number of them and they're very good at what they do and they work contribute to the conservation of the wildlife around us. So you should support them. However, there's plenty of places you can go where you can just engage with wildlife out there in nature is incredible. So Marat Island's my favorite spot for that, to go and just see the wombats. Don't touch the wombats, but see the wombats very close. Or Narantapu. Um, there's plenty of little places and little gems, but even if you were walking along Mount Wellington, you'd get wallabies in your in your way. So I'd say that's that's the best bit. Get close to wildlife. Here's a couple of sneaky spots you can go and be respectful. Don't pat the wallaby. Slow down at night. Absolutely. Slow down at night. <laughs> so you're walking the Overland Track for five days with three other people, anyone in the world, famous, not so famous, living, dead. Who would you choose and why? Well, I'd definitely go with my husband. So my husband well is done. a great photographer. <laughs> Thank you, Alistair. Um, so if I'm going the Overland Track, I want a very good image of those beautiful mountains and those vistas, and he would just be the best one. I've been terrible at taking photos, so he's coming along to have the, the beautiful photos. Um, I'm impossible with packing or surviving in the wilderness, so I'm bringing Bear grills because obviously if someone can get me out alive, I'm pretty sure he could. And lastly, I'm a foodie, uh, so I bring Jamie Oliver so that he can cook the meals because I don't want to go anywhere if we're not going to eat well. That's great. I love the fact that you've chosen your husband for his photography skills. <laughs> and company. <laughs> yeah, whatever. <laughs> it's too late now, um, So you're road tripping around Tasmania. What are you listening to in the car? 70s road trip. Uh, yeah, All, my parents listen to the 70s music and I love the 70s music and it just makes the best background for all the vistas. Um, so when you arrive at your destination, what's your drink of choice? Tassie Bubbles. Tasmania is fantastic for champagne, but we can't call champagne, can only call it bubbles. Sparkling wine. I'm a big fan of the Effervescence Festival. So having tasted quite a number of bubbles, I would probably say I'd need a Clover Hill or an Apogee. Um, and the last question... Curry Tasmanian scallops. <laughs> Are they a culinary delight or a culinary crime? I come from the United States. I don't come from the UK. Curry powder is an interesting phenomenon to me. And I believe seafood has its own special flavour that should be appreciated for its own. So I'm sorry. And I'm going to get cursed by a lot of people on this one, but natural is best. <laughs> I don't disagree. Thank you very much. And that's absolutely fantastic. Thank you so much for your time today. Thank you, Alex. So thank you so much for listening to today's episode of Talking Tourism. Remember to subscribe to hear more episodes as we release them every two weeks or so. Also remember to tell a friend or tourism colleague to check out our podcast. Talking Tourism is an initiative of the Tourism Industry Council Tasmania and today's episode was brought to you with the support of our partner, Steadfast Taswine. A big thanks also to Caleb Miller at Mac40, our audio specialist who produces these episodes. I'm your host, Alex Arawa, and we'll catch up next time.